0: Welcome to Out of Bounds. I'm here for the NFL Wild Card Weekend Recap. There are, there were six wild card games, lots of action to recap, um, lots of blowouts, which is kind of weird. Um, some teams in this wild card weekend were just not ready to play, and we'll be diving into all of that action. Um, <clears throat> I guess, you know, instead of going into like the details of all the, you know, the blowouts, which is not really worth doing. Um, I feel like, you know, maybe I could talk a little bit about the team that was eliminated in the season they had. Um, So I'll probably move forward like that. And then obviously the games that were a little bit more closer, I can get into a little bit more details um, on what actually happened, you know, in the game itself. Starting with the Cleveland Browns visiting the Houston Texans. Um, Yeah, I mean, this was one pick that I just straight up had very incorrect. Um, I actually thought the Browns were going to win this one just because I thought their defense was going to show up. And I thought, you know, their run game was going to show up. And actually, neither really did in this game. Um, Just going across the stats, uh, obviously, the Texans, they win this one in a route 45 to 14 over the Cleveland Browns. So obviously, that Cleveland, you know, secondary didn't really show up. Um, Their defense as a whole didn't really show up. And when you look at Cleveland's rushing stats, Kareem Hunt, eight carries, 26 yards for one touchdown. Jerome Ford had nine carries for 17 yards. Um, That's just not enough for this Cleveland Browns team to win a playoff game. Like, the type of playoff game that the Browns could win would be, like, a defensive battle where their defense is completely balling out and they score, like, maybe 20 points on, like, you know, two rushing touchdowns and, like, one passing touchdown from Joe Flacco. Um, It's really, really difficult for this team to win when they're not running the ball well. Um, It's kind of like the staple of their offense. And, you know, they scored 14 points in the first half. They didn't score anything in the second half. Um, And that was kind of, you know, it it was... It's very clear. And, you know, I still give a lot of credit to the Cleveland Browns for making it this far. Um, But this game was just, you know not theirs for the taking. Um, On the other side, you know, Houston Texans, C.J. Stroud. Man, I've talked about C.J. Stroud so much on the podcast, but literally, like, this is arguably one of the greatest playoff debuts of all time. He threw for 274 yards, three touchdowns only, and was 16 for 21. Um, He had a perfect passer rating, 157.2. He just there's only so much you could say because I've like said it so much on this podcast, but literally like he came out ready to play, and I feel like you know that Colts game that he had last week was I to him it, to me it feels like that for that goal that game against the Colts last week, which is a winner go home situation, kind of ended up being like his real first playoff like taste of playoff football, where it's like oh man like this is the environment like the environment is going crazy like this is winner go home. And he was great in that game too, but you could kind of see like he had moments where he played really well and then it kind of tailed off. But then like just the whole atmosphere and environment of that game, I feel like made him so prepared for this moment. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, they're still going ham with Nico Collins, who had six catches for 96 yards and one touchdown. Um, You know, the CJ Stroud to Nico Collins uh, connection is proven to be very, very difficult to stop. And they were able to take advantage of that for sure. Um, I thought CJ Stroud, like he had a lot of great touch on the deep throws. And he made a bunch of plays while he was getting hit, which is really difficult to do. And, you know, that's what the great quarterbacks do. Um, When they're taking shots, when their pressure is in their face, they're hanging in there and they're completing tough throws. Um, Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, it's, like, for the Browns, like, if you look at the stats, like, you know, they did play well for the first half. Um, you know, going into halftime, the score was uh, 14 to 24, um, which wasn't the worst for them. Um, they actually had, like, I guess they had two punts on their first two drives. Then ended up scoring uh, touchdowns, you know, on their next consecutive drives. Joe Flacco actually connected for huge plays to David Najoku, and then, um, again, to Harrison Bryant. And that, that's kind of what led to their touchdowns. Um, but then after that, you know, they had two more punts. But the Texans continued on scoring. The main thing is, I feel like while the Browns' offense kept up, like, their defense was just really poor. Um, I said it from the beginning, but the main thing is, they just had really bad tackling and pursuit on touchdowns. Like, the touchdown to Brevin Jordan was one play 76 yards and CJ Stroud probably threw it like 10 yards and then like he just makes like one he just like makes one cut to the inside two guys get taken out and then he runs 76 yards for a touchdown like come on man like you can't let up plays like that in these kind of games um and also the touchdown that they had to CJ Stroud was like a screen pass like that he just um yeah, it was just, like, a screen pass that, like, you know, they did, like, a fake to one side. Like, CJ Stroud turns around, throws it to CJ Stroud. He takes the screen all the way. And that's just, like, really poor pursuit tackling and angles by the defense. And that that's costly because that's 14 points right there. Um, that's And then if you take off that from the Texans, they're at 31 points. Um, and then, you know, like... Joe Flacco, like, he played well in the first half, but then that second half, um, he obviously, like, the story with him is the two consecutive pick sixes that he had. Um, The first one, I thought he was under pressure, and he tried to make, like, a little bit—he tried to make, like, some crazy play happen when he really shouldn't have. Um, He actually should have probably checked it down or thrown it away or something. But, yeah, that was a pick that led to—it was a pick six that led to a touchdown. But then the second one was just, like, a really poor choice. Like, it's very clear that that first interception that Joe Flacco had rattled him. And then the second one, it was just like, all right, man, like, now he's rattled. Now he's going to make the poor decision. Um, and then the, uh, the the Texans pick that off. They take it back to the end zone. They score another touchdown there. Um, and then, you know, the game is way out of hand at that point. Uh, because they're, like, 24 to 14. And then, you know, they go up 31 to 14, and then they go up 38 to 14. At that point, like, it's not happening for the Browns because, like I said, it's just – no offense, but, it's, I mean, it's Joe Flacco, like, post-retirement, like, at post-prime Joe Flacco. Like, they're in a really bad situation quarterback-wise. That's why I give the Browns a ton of credit for even – like, even getting to 11 and 6 is a ridiculous um, for all the changes that they've had at quarterback. But, you know, the the, the aspects of their team that they needed to come through – this weekend just didn't um, in terms of their run game and their defense. And that's fine. You know, they had a great season. Like, I feel like now you just got to hope that Deshaun Watson stays healthy and he can kind of elevate that team from being, like, a good regular season one to, like, a playoff threat, too. Um, I feel like they just got to worry about keeping him healthy. And for the Texans, man, like, what a run, dude. Like, this is insane. Um, it reminds me – it's, like, the first – it's, like, a stat, too. It really reminds me of Andrew Luck uh, when he entered the league with Chuck Pagano. And they took a team that was, like, you know, first overall pick to 11-5. and five. Um, The Colts had a better record, but I think they lost that first week, the first playoffs of Andrew Luck where they went to Baltimore. And ironically, CJ Stroud is going to Baltimore, too, so that's kind of interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they've they had an insane run up until this point. And, you know, even if it ends in Baltimore, like, you can't be – even if they get blown out, like, I feel like no matter what happens, like, you can't help but be excited – um for the Texans if you, if you're like a fan and just overall like they're becoming one of the better teams of the N- uh, of the NFL and you know they'll be formidable for years to come so good job by the Texans completely crushing the Browns at home um their defense played physical you know they got four sacks on Joe Flacco clearly rattled him had the two pick sixes and then of course CJ Stroud um had three touchdowns of his own and definitely diced them up um yeah it's all about i have on this one um yeah so i'm gonna move on to the second uh saturday game which is another blowout unfortunately but the kansas city chiefs dominate 26 to 7 over miami in the freezing freezing temperature um yeah i mean i don't know It, it was just like it was obviously very very cold um let me see if I could find it here. Like what what the temperature was, uh. Nah, I can't. I it was like it, I saw it was like negative, like five degrees. I think was the temperature, but it was like the with the wind chill, it was like negative thirty or something. So obviously the Dolphins are out of their element. You know, being from Miami, and and it's it's not even like being from Miami, but it's also like the way that their offense works. Like their offense is predicated on huge deep passing plays and you know you can hit a couple of those in a game like this but you can't like hit them consistently just because like it's cold like people are not like running as fast like it's hard to move like the ground is frozen there's like a ton of reasons but yeah their game is obviously predicated on the deep passing attack which just wasn't really there um for them in this game um i think you know kansas city they they had a fantastic start to the game too like they had the big run to Isaiah Pacheco, who had 24 carries, 89 yards, one touchdown. Um, he had a big run to start. And then, you know, they had an easy touchdown to Rasheed Rice. And Kansas City comes out 7-0. And, like, Miami, you know, they're a team that's kind of limped their way to the playoffs. Like, they had the second seed. It looked like they were, like, a lock to have like host a home playoff game. But then, you know, they kind of struggled down the stretch. They had injuries that they were dealing with didn't win a lot of games um and they kind of limped into arrowhead um or whatever the new name is uh geha it looks like geha field not arrowhead sorry no i guess it is arrow arrowhead stadium okay i I don't know what it's called arrowhead i'm just gonna call it arrowhead um (laughs) but anyways like yeah they kind of limped into this game and their energy was just not there um i will say though is that like and, and like i guess the way they started off the game like Tua has, like, a really bad, like, you know, like, overthrow and interception, um, you know, on their second drive. And then the Chiefs get a field goal off of that, um, going 10 plays, 48 yards. And then the credit I have to the Dolphins is I guess this is, like, the only, you know, offensive optimism that they kind of had throughout the game. Um, They had a huge deep pass to Tyreek Hill. I think it was, like, 53 yards. Um, And then, you know, based off of that, they were able to score a touchdown. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, so it was like Tyreek Hill for nine yards, and then it was like a deep right pass to Tyreek Hill for 53 yards. So in that moment, I was like, dang, like maybe, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, this is where they kind of like get their momentum back and they're going to come crazy. Because most of the players that were injured for the Dolphins did end up playing. Like, uh, Ro- Mostert was back. Um, you know, uh, Jalen Waddle was back. But they couldn't really get anything going. Like I think the Kansas City secondary played really well, um, with Lejarius Sneed and Trent McDuffie and those guys. Like they had a fantastic game. They were super physical with the Dolphins. Um, you saw that one play on like Twitter where uh, I think it's Sneed who like just knocks Tyreek over and just like bullies him and he's like screaming afterwards. Um, that kind of defines like what happens in the happened in the game. Like they were just so physical with those receivers and they kept bumping them off. Like Tua didn't really have a lot of like easy completions. Um, he finished 20 of 39 for 199 yards, one touchdown and one pick. Um, but again, like half that yardage pretty much came on that one drive. Then after that, he pretty much got 100 yards like the rest of the game there. So, I mean, after that, like the Chiefs, they just kind of kept on kicking field goals. Like they didn't, They I think they had one, yeah, they they pretty much just went down, kicked field goals, went down, kick field goals um, and had a few punts here and there. Um, I think there was a touchdown to Rasheed Rice as well that was called back. Um, but then they actually have, like, uh, let's see. Yeah, they, they get the – oh, yeah, sorry. They get the touchdown at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I believe. Um, it's like the direct snap to Isaiah Pacheco. And at that point, they go up 26-7, to 7, and Miami has literally done nothing on offense the entire game. So at that point, like it did just kind of feel cooked. Like it was like all right, but like Miami's not doing anything. Especially because like the weather is so cold, like like that one pass play that they got was like kind of like it was good on their part for like converting it, but like at the same time, like they were not doing that over and over again. The Chiefs' defense is just too disciplined and they had too much energy going into the game. Um, but on the Chiefs' perspective, like I thought, you know, this was a really great arrival game for Rashi Rice. Um, he had eight catches for 130 yards and one touchdown. He's been fantastic for them, you know, throughout the season. He's been like their best receiver. There's been a couple of games where I guess they haven't been able to really throw him the ball and get him like a ton of targets. But it's interesting to see that, you know, once the game starts mattering, he gets 12 ca- uh, targets and he's able to kind of fulfill that Tyreek Hill role. Obviously not as good as Tyreek Um, I'm not saying that, but, like, he's kind of slotted into that role where he's the wide receiver that catches the ball in open space and makes people miss, and he's just very explosive. And Travis Kelsey had a pretty great game as well. He had seven catches, 71 yards. Um, Just the whole vibe and energy of that Kansas City team, you could kind of tell that they weren't going to lose this one, um, even with that Dolphins touchdown. Um, And, yeah, you know, they kicked uh, – I think they kicked four field goals and then a touchdown in the first, a touchdown in the fourth, and in this super cold weather, that was enough. Um, next up, I think the Kansas City Chiefs, they're on the road at Buffalo. Um, I'll get into that game as well. But, you know, for the Chiefs, it's kind of like, you know, I picked them to win this game just because, you know, no matter how much it seems they struggle in the regular season, like this is a team that just hasn't lost at Arrowhead in the playoffs. I would not pick them to do to do that against the Dolphins um, at home. But, you know, on the road in Buffalo against that team that's on a hot streak is a completely different story. Um, But, yeah, I had the Chiefs winning this game for sure. Um, For the Dolphins, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to make of their season. Like, it's like you can kind of see when they're at their peak. Like, they could be this super insane team that's, like, one of the best in the AFC. And, like, you know, if they have a good run, like, you could see them making a Super Bowl but at the same time, like, the way they fizzled out was pretty concerning. And I guess, like, how easy it was for them to fizzle out, too. Because in the beginning, they seemed like, you know, in the middle of the year and the beginning, they seemed like an offensive juggernaut that was going to be unstoppable. Um, but then slowly, you know, as the season went on, that unraveled. So the question is, like, how does that team, like, translate when it gets cold? Because, like, let's face it, right? In the NFL, it gets cold. Like, you got to toughen up. Your players got to be tough. They got to rise to the occasion. Um, and the Dolphins just didn't do that. Um yeah, but the I give credit to the Chiefs for sure. Like they came out with the energy. They deserve to win this one. Um yeah, it's pretty much what I have on this one. Moving on, um I most definitely gotta go to the Green Bay Packers at the Dallas Cowboys. Now, this game was an insane shocker. Um I mean, I didn't see this coming, but, like, I don't know. I wasn't also entirely super surprised. Um, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers just kind of destroyed the Dallas Cowboys 48-32. to um, I know the score isn't what it seems, but, like, if you watch this game, you knew that, like, like the Packers just destroyed them. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, they just came out firing, and Dallas just did not have a response. Like, The defense that's played so well at home got shredded by Jordan Love, who was 16 for 21, had 272 yards and three touchdowns. Um, And then, you know, Aaron Jones also had a monster game, 21 carries, 118 yards, three touchdowns. Um, Romeo Dobbs led the way receiving-wise, six catches, 151, one touchdown. Um, Meanwhile, like, it's crazy because if you look, like, through the Cowboys stats, like, Dak Prescott attempted 60 passes in this game he was 41 of 60 for 403 yards three touchdowns two picks um CeeDee Lamb had nine catches 110 yards but like if you watch the game like you can this is the game where like where you have to watch and not just look at the box score because you look at the box score it looks like oh you know what like the Cowboys were not too bad um they just kind of you know like they went down like they were down by 16 obviously but you know they didn't play terrible but that's just not true because most of those stats like all came throughout garbage time and obviously like in garbage time you know the packers are playing like prevent defense because they're up like 25 20 to 30 points <laughs> at all times um but yeah i mean they just came in with like an energy and they were determined to win like they like it felt like the Cowboys like thought like the Packers were just going to come and roll over but the the Packers were just not about that like they came in like they were super physical they were roughing up like the Cowboys receivers and like CD Lamb it's kind of like it's like very similar to what the Chiefs did to the Dolphins but like it's more impressive in this case because the Packers are like you know definitely like a worse team and they're also doing it on the road compared to where Dallas they f- literally finished 8 and 0 at home so they're undefeated at home and then like they lose in the playoffs like come on man like see th- that's why their team is so crazy like it's like literally like a repetitive curse cycle now where it's like they win all this like a lot in the regular season but then like you know once the playoff comes they're they just kind of you know lose their mojo and everything is downhill from there um and this is, like, the second – we just keeps happening now. Like, I think I saw some stat. They are the third – they're the only team in NFL history to have, like, three seasons in a row where they win at least ten games and don't make it past, like, the like the first round or something. Um, and it's just – this is crazy because I don't know why, like, this year it felt different. I feel like everyone – like, every year you could say that, oh, it feels different, but – I think just the fact that they actually like you know got the 2 seed um they finished yeah just the fact that they finished as the 2 seed and like they finished the year on a high note while I think part of it was that the Eagles also got worse as the season went on like towards the end and the Cowboys like were still like maintaining their level so I think maybe that kind of made them look better than they actually were um but like I don't know like it was just such a weird game like I, it was shocking to see, honestly, but like the Packers were like not letting up. Like Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love, and those guys, like they, those guys came with the chip on their shoulder. Um, and they played fantastic. Like, he, I, they're just, they schemed them. They're open. Like, I think that touchdown to Musgrave, he was like wide open. So they were definitely like, you know, you got to give credit to their coaching staff too. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think, you know, if I'm looking at the details of the game, um, <clears throat> Dak was just utterly terrible in the first half. He was, like, not on the same page uh, with C D Lamb. He had, like, a bunch of overthrows. You know, his throwing was all over the place. Like, he was not accurate, really. He was unable to connect with C D Lamb. And he, obviously, like, you know, when that happens, like, the whole team, like, kind of tenses up. And it feels like, oh, man, yeah, we got to get him the ball. And then he just kind of forces stuff to him that was, like, not working. Um, he also had, you know, interceptions in the first half. Um And yeah, I mean, but the Packers defense, like they were really good and they had a lot of great, I give their defense credit too, because they played great coverage, like Jair Alexander, man, like he had a great pick um, that, you know, they called down, but then it was like he, they just played really good blanket coverage. um, And that helped them really win this game, to be honest. Um, Yeah. And and the Packers, yeah, they just like dominated physically Uh, other than that. I'm not sure what else to say, man. But, I mean, Jordan Love, like, you got to give him a ton of credit. Like, it's very similar to what I said about, like, CJ Stroud, right? Like, he's kind of had a rocky year. Like, they're 9-8, and eight, you know, one-game difference from the Texans. And they didn't, like, win the division or anything because they have the Lions. Um, But, like, Jordan Love has still played great. And, like, this is the one game where you want to see what he does. And he posts a perfect passer rating, too. And he was fantastic in this game. Um... I give him a ton of credit. Like this is it's really hard to just come out on your first playoff game and just dominate like this. But that's what he did. Um and yeah, I mean, they just came out physical and they just won. And for the Cowboys, like this brings up like a billion questions because I remember like in the beginning of the season, you know, the Cowboys had like a couple of tough losses and I was wondering like is Dak really the quarterback for this team? Um, and then Dak had a fantastic stretch where he was balling. Um, I gave him credit for that on the podcast, too. He literally, you know, he, he had a fantastic, like, middle of the season. Like, he was even an MVP candidate. He was like an MVP favorite at some point. Um, so he was kind of silencing those doubts. But then you come into the playoffs and you have the type of collapse that he did in the first half. It kind of re-brings up all of these questions that everyone had about him. Um, and I feel like his future is uncertain, like you know i don't people were even talking about you know uh getting mccarthy uh fired which i don't think is going to happen but you know like it's they haven't made any changes yet i guess um but it's still kind of weird to have such a you know cataclysmic collapse um as the cowboys did and then like not have any like some kind of changes um but we'll see how that goes but i mean you know, there are some things that clearly were just not working. Like, obviously, for the Cowboys, their run def- their, their run game on offense has not been as successful with Tony Pollard as it was in years past when they had both uh, Pollard and Zeke. Like, I do think that, you know, Tony Pollard works a little bit better when you have some guy like Zeke who's tiring out the defense. And then Tony Pollard just kind of comes in and, you know, runs free while the defense is exhausted from trying to tackle Zeke, who's like a big dude. Um so that hasn't panned out for them. So it's been a little bit more on Dak to kind of, you know, find a footing in the passing game. And he was just unable to do that. Um, the Packers, though, like they got pressure on him. Like he was sacked four times. They played great coverage. Um, and he really struggled in that first half. Like they went down 27 to 7. And then, you know, they were playing a lot of catch up in that uh, second half. But even then the Packers, like they respond, they had like 41 points through three quarters. So like, come on, man, like their defense got shredded. Um, And even, like, Stephon Gilmore, like, he was pretty great for them throughout the regular season, but this game, like, he got obliterated by, you know, a a lot of the guys on the Packers. So, I'm curious to see what kind of changes they make. Um, I mean, obviously, losing uh, Trayvon Diggs was probably big for them, more bigger than people realized, but um, I don't know. We'll, We'll see how they go. I'm just so curious as to what they do and, like, if they have any changes and how they bounce back from this. But, like, no one is going to take that team seriously now during the regular season because of things like this, right? And it's like whenever you think they're finally going to get over that hump, they just never do. Um, and, yeah, that's that's pretty much the best way to describe the Cowboys. Um, moving on, I'm going to go to what was probably the best game of the wildcard weekend. Los Angeles Rams lose 23-24 um, to 24 against the Detroit Lions in Detroit. This game was super fun to watch. Uh, I thought there was a lot of high-powered offense, especially in the first half. Um, you know, both teams, they had solid first drives. The Lions, they definitely established their physicality with runs by uh, David Montgomery. Um, and I thought, you know, who had a super underrated game was Josh Reynolds. He had five catches for 80 yards. A lot of that was, like, in the first quarter, it felt like, and he was just kind of balling. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, Detroit, they came out firing like they scored 14 points. Uh, They had like all this energy going in their stadium, obviously, from having a first like, you know, playoff game in so long and then like winning a playoff game. um, Or, or sorry, like just having hope that they, they could win their first playoff game is a better way to say it, because, you know, this is a team that hasn't won in God knows how many years. It has to be more than 20. I think it was 20 or 30 years. They haven't won a playoff game um. And it's fantastic like they're a great team i i thought i did have the rams or sorry the lions winning but i definitely thought it was going to be like a super close game i knew that the rams would come in there and they would not be easy to beat um and while it didn't look like that in the first quarter it suddenly changed in the second quarter when puka came alive um he had nine catches for 181 yards 20 yards per catch average um and he scored a touchdown on like a 50 uh, uh, he had like a 50 yard pass. Um, he scored that he scored a touchdown on. And it's just insane to think about. Like in this week, we might have legitimately seen three of like the best rookie playoff debuts of all time in Puka, CJ Stroud, and Jordan Love. Um Yeah, he had a phenomenal game. Like, I don't know what it is. I feel like Matt Matthew Stafford is definitely like I think I talked about it a lot where Matthew Stafford is not afraid to spam his guys. Um, and you know Puka is that type guy for him now. He has he got ten targets, and the thing is, I was a little bit shocked though. Is like Cooper Cup like only had five catches on twenty seven yards. It kind of felt like they like I don't know if it happened in like per game plan or what was going on, but it just feels like they're unable to get Cooper Cup involved to the level that he was when they were like a Super Bowl team. And obviously, Cooper Cup was like the best receiver on that team. He was balling, but. And he, he's never really gotten back up to that, you know, after an injury-filled year. So I'm curious, like, what they look like next year when they have, like, a full offseason to, like, integrate them and kind of go, like, back and forth between these two fantastic weapons that they have. Um, but, yeah, I mean, great game from Puka. He really came alive in that second quarter when they scored their four, uh, 14 of their points. Um, and then, you know, the the Lions, they respond with the touch. There was, like, four consecutive drives where it was touchdown, 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 touchdown. Um, I think Jameer Gibbs was fantastic on one of them. Um, Amon Ra started uh, cooking towards the end of the first half as well. And he cooked a lot in the second half, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it, that that first half was so fun. It was just, like, back and forth, touchdown, back and forth, touchdown. Um, going into the half, you know, Detroit was up 21-17. to 17. Um, And then, you know, they force a punt on the first uh, drive of the Rams, the Lions get the ball back, they go down, kick a field goal. Um, and then after that, the game kind of slowed down a bit. Like, it was a lot of Rams drives. Um, like, you know, the Rams were able to move the football through and through. But the Detroit defense, like they would just never allow the Rams to score a touchdown. And that was the difference in the game. Like, because you don't think about it. But like, see, at that point, it's 27-14. And um, and then, like, the Rams, they go 10 plays, 66 yards. They kick a field goal there. And you're like, all right, whatever. Like, you know, they're just taking the points. But then the second field goal drive comes. And then the third one was, like, probably one of, like, the most important because um, – so they're at the 34-yard line. They're in field goal range, right? Like, the Rams could have kicked the field goal if it's third and four – Like, let's say they just run the ball and just kick another field goal. They would have been up. And the pressure would have been on Detroit, obviously, to drive the ball down. And their offense had, like, no success after that field goal drive in the second half. But then, you know, they have a holding penalty that knocks them out of field goal range. And they're forced to punt after that. Um, And that kind of just, you know, after that, I mean, there's still five minutes, four minutes left in the game. So they probably assumed that they would get it back. But the way that the NFL works now, I feel like you cannot be doing that. But at the same time, like, it sucked for them because it's 4th and 14. Like, if they ran the ball there and it was, like, 3rd and – it was, like, 4th and 5, I'm positive they would have went for it. But, like, 4th and 14, it seems, like, intu- uh, like impossible at that point. So I understand the logic to punt it. But it's – there's just so many times where you punt the ball with 4 to 5 minutes left in the game and you just never get it back. Um, and that's what that's what the Detroit did in this game. Like, they did a good job after that, like – They picked up, you know, enough first downs. I think it was just one or two first downs that they needed. Um, And then they ended up winning the game. Yeah, it was super risky. Like, it was two minutes left in the game. And then Jared Goff throws it to Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, But after he converts, like, they just needled it out. um, And the Lions get their first playoff win in, you know, like, very, very many years. Which is lit for them. You know, I'm happy uh, that they finally got their win. And, you know, the Rams, like, I don't think they were a team that was doing, like, serious damage. Like, I think they definitely could have won one round in the playoffs. But I don't think they were, like, vying for a Super Bowl or anything this year. Um, And the Lions move on. And, yeah, I think they they played pretty well. This is so interesting. It was such a close game. Definitely the one I would, you know, highlight as the best game of this Wild Card weekend. Hopefully the games get a little bit better soon, which I'm positive they will. But um, moving on going to the Buffalo Bills against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I thought this game, you know, the way that it started, it's like the same – it's like very similar to the Chiefs and the Dolphins, but it was insane because the Dolphins are obviously a better team than the Steelers. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it was super cold, obviously, in Buffalo. With the environment, the Bills just came out with the energy. Like, they had a touchdown on their first drive. Um And then the Steelers were really, really rough offensively to start. Uh, They had, like, you know, they had a fumble in their own, like, on their second drive of the game. I think it was, like, a pass to George Pickens who, like, extends for the first down, but he ends up fumbling the ball. Then after that, Buffalo scores in one touchdown. And it's, like, the momentum is just, like, so important in football. And, you know, like, Buffalo scores a touchdown. You you concede a fumble and then give up a touchdown instantly. And within, like... Let's see. Eleven minutes of, eleven seconds of game time. Buffalo is now up two scores, and you're going in with, you know, like obviously a below average offense. It's really rough. Um, and then like, so they, they had another fumb- I think they had another fumble as well on their next drive, but it got like overturned, I guess. Um, and then you know they continue that drive, and they go all the way to the goal line, and then Mason Rudolph throws a pick there. And then after that, the Bills respond with the eight-play, 80-yards touchdown drive. And, you know, their tight ends got very involved um, for the Bills. You know, I thought Dalton Kincaid and D- Dawson Knox had the touchdown. Um, I think he just had probably one catch. Yeah, he just had the one catch for the touchdown. But Dalton Kincaid, three catches, 59 yards. He had the touchdowns. Stephon Diggs, seven catches, 52 yards. Um, and then James Cook was able to run the ball decently well, 18 carries, 79 yards for him. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it was, like, very quickly, like, 21-0 by the Bills. And then the rest of the game kind of just, you know, like, the the Steelers matched the Bills. I don't know if I would ever say that there was a moment where I thought, you know, they were going to win. But, like, I give credit to the Steelers, like, after a very rough first half. um, And and here's the thing, like, so they're down 21-0. The Bills are driving to, like, kick a field goal. The Steelers blocked the field goal, but it was such a weird ball. Like, the ball went all the way down. I'm going to see if I could like, read it off. So, it's blocked. They're at the Pittsburgh 31-yard line. It's blocked, and the ball ends up on the Buffalo 34-yard line. So, this blocked ball went, like, 50 yards the other way. And then, like, that made it easy enough for them to, like, score a touchdown. And just, like, you know, because they were, like, already, like, 30 yards away. So that's great for them. And then that kind of set up their second half where they go on a field goal drive. They have another touchdown drive. Um, and Mason Rudolph started playing better for sure. Uh, and then, you know, but, again, it's kind of, like, the same thing as the as the, um, Dolphins game where it's, like, even they're even though they're within a score, you don't have, like, a ton of confidence. And I feel like, honestly, the Steelers themselves probably don't even have a ton of confidence that they're going to win the game. Um but, yeah, I mean, they just end up, you know, after that, the Bills respond. Now, this touchdown was insane. I think it was, like, Shakir. He, like, catches a slant, looks like he's about to fall, but then puts his hand, gets back up, like, turns around, and then just, like, explodes, like, up the middle and has, like, a Khalil Shakir. had like a. It was a very impressive touchdown run. Um, it was, like, such a fire, like, move. Like, he basically, like, went one way, stopped, bent, like, almost, like, hit the floor, then turned around and ran the opposite way. And he scored a touchdown off that. Once that happened, I was like, all right, bro. Like, there's no way the Steelers are winning this. Cause, and then at that point, you know, the Buffalo Bills, they go up 31 to 17. Um, the Steelers have a couple of turnovers on downs. And then, you know, um, and that's about it for the game. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was the, the Bills, they just came out firing. Um, they took advantage of the Steelers clearly not being ready and making a few mistakes. And, you know, in a cold environment, like, for the Bills, that's, like, low-key all you need. And now, you know, they're they're going to have the test of the Kansas City Chiefs. Anytime the Bills and Chiefs play, man, it's a classic always. Uh, so that game is going to be super fun. And for the Steelers, I mean, I don't know. Like, they obviously still have questions offensively. Um, their defense is pretty consistent year in, year out. It seems like Mike Tomlin can always get them to the playoffs. But once they get to the playoffs, like, their offense is just not good enough, uh, in my opinion, to do any, like, real damage. Um, and yeah, that, that kind of sums it up for them. Um, moving on another insane upset, the last wild card game, the Buccaneers just dominate the Philadelphia Eagles, um, it, 32 to nine, uh, dude, I, I don't even know what happened. Like, I think the Eagles just got off to such a so slow start. Um, and you know, the Tampa Bay offense, like they came out, they had all the energy they set the tempo. Like, Baker Mayfield was dealing. He had, you know, he was making, completing a ton of chunk passes, like Kate in 15 yards, Mike Evans, 21 yards. Um, and they have a couple of, he has a couple of runs that are nice. And he was great in this game. Like, he was 22 of 36, 337 yards, three touchdowns. Like, this is a team that has weapons in Chris Godwin, obviously, um, Mike Evans. But those guys barely even did anything this game. It was k dot in eight catches for 89 yards david moore two catches 66 yards trey palmer one catch for 56 yards but david moore and trey palmer both scored touchdowns on long catch and runs um and that was pretty much like the story of the game like the eagles defense was just not present like they could not tackle for their lives like the touchdown to palmer and Moore. like both of those were not they they were not touchdown plays like It's not like Baker Mayfield threw it, like, 80 yards above everyone's head, and these guys are, like, mossing dudes in the end zone. Like, these are dudes that are just catching, like, short passes, making, like, one move, and then just running all the way to the end zone. And it's just really, like, poor tackling and angles by the Eagles defense, and you cannot win that way. Um, I thought, you know, the Eagles offense, like, they were slow to start for sure. Like, they had a bunch of, you know, just three and outs. Um, Let's see. They punted on one, two... Their first two drives before they got a field goal, and then they started heating up to um, throwing like deep passes to Devonte Smith. Uh, he had a 55-yard catch, and then Dallas uh, Goddard scores a touchdown. I think at that point, you know, they're down one touchdown. and You think like ah, maybe they'll turn it around, but then like you know, it quickly changes for the Eagles in the second half when you know Jalen Hurts has like a intentional grounding in the end zone. They get called for a safety. The Bucks get two more points. At that point, it's 18-9 in Tampa Bay. And then that's when one of their defensive breakdowns happen. 56 yards to Trey Palmer, um, who just catches it and runs it all the way for the most part. Um, and at that point, it's 25-9. And even though it's like the beginning of the fourth quarter, it just kind of seemed like the Eagles had given up at that point. Um, I think, you know, for the Bucs, like they're having a great season, obviously, like after tom brady retired everyone probably picked them to have like four wins i think even probably me included especially when i saw that they were signing baker mayfield but i think we need to like you know not discount these teams that have won super bowls because you know even if they lose their quarterback or have injuries like they have a ton of guys on their team that are you know super competitive and people who are gonna go hard and that just kind of raises the floor of your team um and they're they're playing well right now um as for the Eagles, like this has to be one of the most even worse maybe collapse than the Cowboys because the Cowboys have at least done this for the past 2 years, but for the Eagles, like they literally started 10 and 1 and then finished 1 and 5 and lost in the first round as a on the road as a wild card team, like that has to be one of the greatest collapses of all time. Um their defense was just not in it at all and like I've t- Like, their, their defense got exposed for all this in that 49ers game, and they never really fixed it. They just never fixed it. Um, the offense, obviously, they were, uh, you know, this game they didn't have A.J. Brown, so it's a little bit harder for them, I guess, uh, which makes sense. But, like, still, I mean, it's, you know, like, even without A.J. Brown, you would think that they should still be able to beat the Buccaneers on the road. But, um, you know, they, like— Devontae Smith, I thought he had a good game, eight catches, 148 yards. But overall, like something was just off with their team. Like They're not able to really establish the run as well. DeAndre Swift only had 10 carries for 34 yards, and one of his rushes had 17 yards. So he pretty much had nine carries for 17 yards with if you take that one carry away. Um, so the Tampa Bay defense, they obviously got to give them credit there. Um, but like, and, and yeah, I guess there was some time where you know, the Eagles defensive front, like, started getting a couple of sacks on Baker Mayfield. And I thought, whoa, man, like, maybe, you know, they're going to come back in this game. But then that safety and then the touchdown there kind of just ended all hope of that. Um, and super, just a terrible collapse by the Eagles. Um, kind of a crazy wild card weekend just because there were a lot of blowouts. But also, like, you saw two, like, teams that you thought might compete for the NFC Championship just kind of crumble um in the eagles and cowboys so that was kind of hard like you know weird to see um but here we are you know it's the nfl if there's one you don't show up for a game you could be going home very soon after uh and that's what happened to both those teams but anyways guys thanks for listening uh to the wild card recap i think the games are going to get really really good from this point on so stay tuned to out of bounds and thanks for listening talk to you guys next week bye